This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 473, for the week of May 5th, 2019. Hello and welcome to Konzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Konzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey, my name is Mike. Uh, you may see me around as Fujito EX, but Mike is just fine. Uh, what do we got for you this here episode? Well, uh, last time on the show, you heard that Julian and myself went down to Castle Point Anime Convention here in New Jersey. We did a couple panels and uh, the audio from the Dragon panel is going to be the audio for this here podcast episode. If you're a regular listener of Konzenshu, you probably know a lot about the spinoff manga that we're going to be talking about. Kind of a high-level overview of uh, some of those spinoff and supplemental manga series. You know, obviously we only have an hour to do a panel, and we left some time for questions and and uh, browsing the archives at the end of the panel there. So you'll hear uh, from the beginning of the panel up to the questions. And I didn't include the questions because, well, the audience wasn't mic'd and Julian and I uh, did mic ourselves for the panel. So you couldn't really hear what they were saying in some of the back and forth. So I was like, I'll just cut that part and you still have, you know, the entirety of a podcast episode to listen to. So that's going to be this episode. Julian and I talking about uh, hidden and forgotten Dragon Ball stories. Uh, again, stuff you as a consensual listener may know, but I think it was still a good chat, a good time. Thank you to everyone who came out in support of the panel. I already mentioned that last time on the show. Some uh, old friends and new friends alike. It was a good time. So without any further ado, let's get into it, and I'll check you on the flip side to wrap up the show. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our panel here. So I had to give it a title, and uh, we were talking in chat, and I didn't really have a title for it, so I ended up on Hidden and Forgotten Dragon Ball Stories. But what it really is, is Konzenshu Rare Stuff Show and Tell. We brought a bunch of cool stuff from our archives to share with you here at Castle Point Anime Convention. Uh, introductions are in order. My name is Julian. Uh, you may see me as Saya Jedi on the Konzenshu forums and around the internet. I, I've lived in Japan for about eight years, and I'm going to be moving back pretty soon. <laughs> I've been a Dragon Ball fan since high school, and yeah. That was a long time ago. It's too long ago. <laughs> My name is Mike. Uh, I go by Vegito EX Online. Uh, it was a name I came up with uh, in December 1997, and I haven't changed it since then. So, uh, actually, let's uh, talk about who we are and what we do. Uh, we're from a website. I don't know if anyone remembers what websites are. Uh, it's called Konzenshu these days. I started Vegito EX's Ultimate DBZ Links page in January 1998. In 1998, Google didn't exist, YouTube didn't exist, uh, Yahoo barely existed. At that point in time, you submitted your website to a manually approved directory, and a real-life human being would determine your fate online, and you might be listed in the Yahoo directory. Uh, I was not lucky enough to be listed in the Yahoo directory for <laughs> quite some time. Uh, since that time, we have grown. Uh, there are currently three of us in charge of the website right now with uh, a few friends on the sides, some of whom are actually here with us today, which is very exciting. Uh, so I went from a links page to a home page. Uh, again, does anyone remember what home pages were? I took my ball and went home for a little bit in 2002. Uh, and in that time, I met Julian online. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm going to relaunch the website for like the eighth time. Do you want to <laughs> join with me and do that? So that brings we, us to 15 years ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we re, 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 relaunched in 2003. And um, 
that was Daizenshu EX that I ran for a very long time. Uh, and then meanwhile, we had some other friends that were starting other online endeavors. Uh, good friend Heath and then later Jake joined him uh, in 2005. They launched a website called Konsentai. Uh, and we just worked alongside each other and came to be good friends. And then in 2012, we performed Fusion. Uh, Pre-retcon Potara, actually, uh, because we have not unfused. Well, then again, maybe we're godly websites and that's why we haven't torn apart. I don't know. Maybe that's giving us a little too much credit. So anyway, uh, we, we merged in 2012 to a website uh, from Daizenshu EX and Kanzentai to Kanzenshu. We made up our own new word, merging the names. Uh, and that's what we've been doing ever since. Uh, we cover news uh, from all throughout the world. Uh, it's very helpful when Julian's in Japan because he can cover anything that's there. Uh, Julian has been one of our main translators. We have an immense archive of translations. Uh, our goal is to tell you all what is going on in the world of Dragon Ball, who said what, uh, where they said it, what was the surrounding context for him for why they said it, what's important about that information, and just give you really good contextual history for Dragon Ball. That's uh, what we love doing, and it's what we're here to do today. So uh, the, the hidden and forgotten Dragon Ball stories will consist of, well, Dragon Ball prototypes, something that we love, uh, some crossover material, and then the, the moolah, the, the real promotional stuff that has no real artistic merit, but they keep producing it, and we keep sharing it with you. Uh, prototypes, Julian, if you want to get out the, the first issue there with Dragon Boy. So these are a, a couple designs from Toriyama back in the early 1980s. And we start with a, a little one-shot called Dragon Boy. This was published uh, two chapters in June 83 and September 83. This is actually the first of those, the Fresh Jump issue. Julian, uh, Fresh Jump doesn't exist anymore? It hasn't existed for a long time? No, it was uh, something they did back in the uh, early to mid-80s. It was their magazine to show off new authors, uh, one-shots from popular authors. It was a play on the Fresh Jump Award, which existed for a time in the late 70s, early 80s, which eventually became the Hop Step Award for new authors. Um, so, yep, uh, one of the serialized authors in this magazine, I don't remember if he was in it at this time, was Toriyama's former assistant, Hisashi Tanaka. But uh, this is where uh, Toriyama had several one-shots, including another one called Pink, which was eventually turned into an animation uh, feature that was shown alongside Dragon Ball Z Movie 3 in 1990. Um, but yes, uh, so his editor approached him, learning from Toriyama's wife that he enjoyed kung fu movies like uh, the works of Jackie Chan, uh, and said, well, why don't you draw a kung fu manga then? And he said, well, I don't really want to. But his editor, um, Kazuki Torishima, who, being Torishima, basically had much sway over what he did, uh, eventually convinced him. And uh, this is the product of that. Yeah. It's sort of a very, has a lot of elements of ancient China in it. I was going to say, stop me if you heard this one. We have an ancient China-esque background setting. We have a, a young boy who's... You know, chopping down the, the local wood to, to work on some stuff at home. It's got an old master with a cane who flies in on a cloud. We have a shape-shifting cat demon. Uh, yeah, this is effectively Dragon Ball, long before Dragon Ball. Well, not too long before Dragon Ball, actually. Um, Dragon Boy Julian ran for two chapters. Actually, in the meantime, the magazine changed formats. 
Yeah, it went from bi-monthly to monthly in the meantime. <laughs> so Dragon Boy is that that first in-between area from Dr. Slump to Dragon Ball, and you really see where he's going. We go to the next, we're going to call it the Dragon Ball prototype. This is the Adventure of Tong Pu. We have capsules that turn into houses. We have a young girl that fires a machine gun upon upon a young boy when they are first introduced. We have what's clearly a xenomorph monster there in the background stealing and kidnapping girls. Again, stop us if you've heard this before. Uh, this was uh, something go. later that year, November 1983. This was in Weekly Shonen Jump. So the same thing that Dragon Ball would be serialized in and Dr. Slump was serialized in. Uh, Tong Fu, this is a... I think my favorite early Dragon Ball prototype, if only for the uh, the bathroom scene on the spaceship when the when the chapter first starts. So I would encourage you to look that up. If uh, yeah, he's a little scared of uh, the intrusive bathroom machine there on the ship. <laughs> they're, they're great little stories. Uh, unfortunately, have not been translated into English. Um, but on our website, if you go over yeah, to it, we have a, a full Dragon Ball. Dr. Slump in here. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Slump is in there, yeah. <laughs> we have a, a full breakdown on all the Dragon Ball prototypes. You can read what the stories are. Uh, we have a breakdown of what all the comparisons to what he would later rip off wholesale himself to later use in Dragon Ball. So that's how we get started. We're going to jump all the way to the future where Dragon Ball is kind of already going on. We're going to talk about some of the crossovers that Dragon Ball has done. Julian, give us the full title. <coughs> Shortened to Kochikame. It means uh, this is the police station in front of uh, Kameyari Park in uh, Katsushika Ward, which is uh, a ward of Tokyo. So this is a single, I hesitate to call it a chapter, it's two pages. This was done by Kochikame's author uh, within his own manga series. This is the entirety of that chapter right there. Julian, what's the rundown on what's happening here in this chapter? Um, so the the main character of this series, Kankichi Ryotsu, is sort of perpetually down on his luck police officer who's always getting into like get rich quick schemes and other harebrained ideas, is learned that he's being transferred uh, not just out of Tokyo, but out of the country and off the planet. He's unceremoniously dumped even out of the panel and onto planet Namek, where he encounters Frieza and his gang. I would just like to say that Apul is uh, featured here in this comic. And uh, yeah, and here he is trying to introduce himself in English because apparently all foreigners speak English. Speak English, of course, right. Uh, so this was March 1990. Dragon Ball had clearly already been going for quite some time uh, at that point. This was in Weekly Shonen Jump and then recollected in the Kochikame Collected Edition. We have a sequel to this, uh, Julian Cho Kochikame. This was for an anniversary? Uh, yes, I believe it was the 30th anniversary of Kochikame, which eventually ran another, what, 10, 10 years before it finally ended. Yeah, it was only uh, recently. <laughs> but um, so for the 30th anniversary, there was a collection of tributes from other authors. And uh, Akira Toriyama's contribution was uh, this crossover chapter, uh, which sort of expands on that previous uh, two-page crossover into a full... Um, story set on Planet Namek. This is the police station in front of Dragon Park on Planet Namek. It doesn't have an actual abbreviation in the chapter, but yeah. I guess Kochi Dora or something, I don't know. The thing I really want to talk about in this chapter is uh, Vegeta's involvement. 
uh, you're going to see why we're, we're building up here. So Ryosan is there. Uh, he's very concerned with where they have parked Freeze's spaceship. Uh, he's warning them that they've parked illegally, uh, offering up to give them a ticket. And it, it, it expands from there. And eventually the bazooka comes out and uh, he tries firing. Freeze a blast at Ryosan. And Vegeta's watching from the sidelines. And he comes to realize that this guy, he's healing instantly, uh, including all of his clothes. That's because he's a gag manga character, and a gag manga character cannot die. So, Nekomajin. Anyone uh, heard of Nekomajin? I feel like this is a recent comic, and then I realized that 2005 is a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> when the last chapter of Nekomajin came out, Julian, we started the podcast Yes. later that year. I uh, was 20 years old. <laughs> Horrifying. So, uh, I'm not going to say my age now. <laughs> Do the math. Nekomajin is absolutely, totally not Dragon Ball in any way whatsoever. We have uh, a couple introductory chapters with magical cats. Uh, there are some fights. Julian, he does a couple chapters. Nekomajin is here. Then he does Nekomajin Mike, not to be confused with Nekomajin Mike. Uh, and then we transfer over. Actually, he kind of goes in bits and pieces. He jumps back. They're published in wildly different magazines. Just whenever he feels like doing a chapter of Nekomajin, they'll approve it. They'll publish it. Uh, and then we get to Nekomajin Z. Uh, and we have a, a young boy who's never actually named. Uh, and Z himself, who is a Nekomajin wearing a very familiar outfit, uh, and then some characters come down from outer space and transform in front of him. And he's, he's not a super Saiyan. He is a super Nekomajin. That's right. You can tell because the hair on his body has stood up a little bit. And he actually has a second transformation. Do you remember what the attributes of his second transformation are? Not off the top of my head. His eyelids grow double over. Ah. Yes. And he goes, like, can't you see? This is my transformation right here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have Onio uh, show up with his wife. Uh, they're, they're looking to go on vacation. Uh, then suddenly Frieza's son, Kuriza, shows up as well. And they have some battles. Uh, they cannot take on Z, though. Then Vegeta shows up. And Vegeta realizes, once again, he is in the gag manga. And he is out of his league. Is yes. this where he realizes he realizes that his phone is on manner mode or was uh, that yes was that the previous one as well no um this it's definitely this one i okay. can't remember the other one but he fakes an urgent phone call in order to get out of the situation <laughs> yes. oh what's that oh i have to go i'm sorry <laughs> uh boo shows up and so you have a fat cat versus uh, a fat demon those are good times i do want to highlight five that was the one that was unceremoniously translated and released and visits shonen jump print magazine uh i didn't bring that one. Oh. <laughs> uh and it we has never been reprinted since then it's bizarre they clearly have the rights to nekomajin they have done nothing with it since they've acknowledged its existence i've periodically reached out offering to translate it for them so nekomajin mm. z it's it's a great little series uh nekomajin z has popped up from time to time. He was in the Japanese edition of Budokai 2, uh, which was released over there as Dragon Ball Z 2. He showed up in, so the, the second, it was Buku Resen, which we got as Super Sonic Warriors 2 on DS. He was extra over there. Uh, most recently making cool appearances in the Dragon Ball Heroes series. Uh, the Nekomajins are, are showing up all over. I just pluralized Majins. I'm sorry. So we yeah. have Vegeta showing up in these gag manga series, realizing what's going on. So 
Y'all caught up on Dragon Ball Super, at least up to episode 69, was the Dr. Slump crossover episode. Uh, and if you remember what happened here, Vegeta fights Arale, and after decapitating her and then realizing she's a robot, he's headbutted off into the stratosphere, and he vows to never fight a gag manga character ever again. Uh, yeah. re- remains to be seen if that will ever happen again. I, I truly hope it does. Uh, it makes for a good comedic fodder. All right, let's get to the nitty-gritty. This is the promo stuff. This is, all right, I said earlier, this is the stuff that has no artistic merit. That's not entirely true. Everything is a piece of art. It should be respected for what it is. That being said, they have cards to sell. They have video games to sell. They have magazines to sell. This is all the stuff created in support of it. Uh, One of the magazines that we are, uh, I guess you could say, aficionados of and for is something called V-Jump. This started many, many years ago. So this is what it looks like (laughs) now-ish. And by now, you mean 2011. But Um, yeah, still looks the same. Get the big one. It's right on top there. This is one from 1991. Yep. This is part of a three-issue run from its very beginning, before it was even a monthly magazine. This uh, featured the run of Akira Toriyama's uh, Savings Warrior Cashman, elements of which also reappear in later series, like a certain galactic patrolman. Yeah. There are lots of highlights of other things. Uh, Something... We, we found on Lark looking through this magazine, there's an early promo for what will be Dragon Ball Z Movie 6, except at that time, they didn't have a title for it, or maybe they had a title for it, and all they had was a title for it. They didn't know anything about the plot of the film. They weren't revealing who the villain was, but they were highlighting previous villains from previous movies. Uh, it's the fold-out poster, I think, in the, the very, very front. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they show Tales, they show Slug, okay, they yeah, show yeah. Kula, and there's uh, a little bit of text. I'm trying not to break anything. We have two, so you can destroy this one. It's okay. fine. <laughs> Julian, can you read the, the text underneath uh, Tales? Goku's older brother also appeared as an enemy. <laughs> so... Uh, this character is not Goku's brother. Uh, it was very widely known at the time that he was not Goku's brother. The The movie's own uh, theatrical pamphlet explains that he is not related to Goku in any way. Uh, this is just someone had to write something for a magazine and they threw it in there and whoops, it, it got included. And that's the kind of thing that gets uh, oft-cited and kind of misunderstood when it's passed around. That's the, I think... The quintessential example of the kind of thing we like to show off and explain and give that historical context for. It's very dangerous <laughs> when yes. it gets passed around uh, outside of that. Yes. This issue also includes a special meta comic about the making of the Dragon Ball Z TV show drawn by the author of Hell Teacher Nube, which we don't include on here. Yeah. Let's talk about the comic that's in here. So we're going to get to a series later that talks about the, the card game for Dragon Ball, well, one of the many card games for Dragon Ball. But, Julian, there was a collectible cards long, long time ago in the ancient decade of the 1990s. So what is Hobby Warrior, Bernon Bui? Uh, yeah, so it's a story about a young boy who, with his Dragon Ball Cardas cards, engages in uh, tournament battles to win this uh, tournament, <laughs> as seen here. Again, it might sound familiar to something we're going to get to. Uh, yes. This ran in the trial issues, and... I don't think has ever been recollected anywhere, and it's just nope. a, a piece of Dragon Ball manga history that's hanging out there that 
not a whole lot of people know about. And even if you go on Jack- Japanese Wikipedia, it's like there's a title for it. Nothing else for it. <laughs> no, I have a feeling a lot of people don't even remember it exists, yeah. even in Japan. Um, One of those things we feel it's our duty. We have to remind people these things existed and, uh, and, and they're important. They were a part of the fandom and the merchandising empire of the time. And, and we just like to share that stuff. Next up, you can grab the, the anime special. So uh, Dragon Ball fans out there, I'm assuming some of you may be Dragon Ball fans. Have you heard of the Dai Zenshu, the guidebooks for the series? There are uh, 10 of the, eventually there were 10 of those. There have been a variety of other guidebooks for the series printed in Japan. Uh, most recently, we got the Cho Zenshu, which recollected the old guidebooks, added new information. We had GT guidebooks. We've had all sorts of video game guides. This was uh, while the series was still being released, we had these uh, Dragon Ball Z anime special releases. This is the second one right here. They had uh, these incredibly cool, they called them original illustrated stories. Uh, first two were printed in these books. These were just supplemental books that were released one week in Japan. Uh, they weren't guidebooks that were kept in print and on store shelves. It's kind of, you blink and you miss it. Uh, Dragon Ball Super actually had one. It was called the Super Start Guide that was only available for a very, very brief time. Uh, this is just like that. So we have In the Name of Piccolo Daimao that came out first. Uh, what is this one? High Pride Saya Prince Vegeta, Yes, I believe it is. Uh, and then the third one was very different, actually. The third one was released in the anime comic version of the Bardock special. So they just take screenshots and put it in book form. And it was prose of the Trunks TV special where they wrote it out as a, as a story with dialogue and narration. And all three of these are kind of like internal monologues of the characters. So Piccolo is explaining his birth and how he goes on uh, in, inside Vegeta's head as well, which is maybe a little horrifying uh, think about that. They're very, very short, but uh, Julian, these are written and illustrated by the production staff. So we have folks like Takao Koyama and Ayamatsui who worked on the television series, and these are just some side projects that they had a chance to do on the side over here. Yes, and so this particular one is written by uh, Takao Koyama and illustrated by Minoru Maeda, who is the first uh, character designer for the Dragon Ball Z television series. If we have some time, and I'm assuming we're going to have some time, you guys are more than welcome to come up and take a look at some of these things. That's why we brought the, the physical products as well. Yes. Another thing that's in here is uh, Toriyama teaches the basics of illustrating, saying that even Frieza can learn how to draw Dragon Ball characters. <laughs> so it's got some basic ones here. Yeah. Let's talk about Dragon Ball Heroes. So Dragon Ball Heroes, Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission actually just came out on the Switch and PC. Uh, Dragon Ball Heroes has been going in Japan for a very, very long time at this point. I think we're in the eighth year of Dragon Ball Heroes. Maybe we're coming up on the ninth. I forget when the exact anniversary is. It's been going for quite some time. So this is, it was actually a relaunch and a rebranding of some previous games they had in Japan. Uh, there was the Bakuretsu Impact game. There was Dragon Battlers that was right before it. Um, really, all of these games are, you, you get cards. You get cards from playing the game. It'll spit out a card for you. You can buy packs of them. You put them down on the, the play mat on the game. You move them around. You move your characters. You, you attack with the cards. Uh, and when they rebranded to Dragon Ball Heroes, it really took off in Japan. Uh, in Dragon Battlers itself, that was where they debuted Super Saiyan 3, Vegeta, and Broly, uh, even before Raging Blast 2 on um, PS3 and 360. And they just doubled down on the what-if stuff for Dragon Ball Heroes, and it's really, really grown 
from there. One of the first, I would call it like all multimedia blitz campaigns they did was for Bardock, and that was episode of Bardock. Uh, this was three chapters and a little bonus that came later in 2011. This was serialized over three issues in V-Jump. And so Naho Oishi, who we're, we're not covering her, her main series, which is Dragon Ball SD. She's kind of gone off to serialization purgatory over in Psycho Jump with that. <laughs> uh, but she had a chance to do something different with episode of Bardock here. And the the setup for this is, well... What if? What happened after the Bardock TV special? What if actually what happened was he gets sent back in time and he comes up against an ancestor of Frieza? And what if Bardock was the original legendary Super Saiyan and we have Bardock fighting off against Chilled? uh, And it sure was a story. It ran for those three chapters. Episode of Bardock got an animated uh, adaptation later on. Uh, maybe you've seen that. That was included with, do I have any Dragon Ball Z for Connect fans in the audience? Well, fans or owners? Well, <laughs> either or. Uh, that was the only legitimate release of it over here in America was on the Connect game. And the really sad thing is you actually need the Connect to even navigate the menu on the game. So you can't even just buy the game and expect to watch the feature on it. <laughs> yeah, well, true. <laughs> they saved you from playing the game. They saved you from watching the feature. So maybe that was a good thing. Uh, it did get an animated adaptation. Uh, again, came out on the game. Uh, it's gotten some promotional home releases in Japan. It was included on a bonus DVD. Uh, actually, France, uh, was it earlier this year or toward the end of last year, got a um, like this really cool steel pack. It was Battle of Gods, Resurrection F, Episode of Bardock, and Plan to Eradicate the Super Saiyans all together in this package. Like, no one else has gotten a home release that you can just go purchase for those two features. They've only been bonus material for other things, and somehow France got them on Blu-ray. Uh, people are always asking Funimation, like, why don't you release 2008 Jump Super Anime Tour Special? Why don't you release Episode of Bardock, Plan to Eradicate? Well, it, it's up for negotiation, clearly. <laughs> so it's probably just a matter of money and licensing of why this stuff doesn't get uh, just a regular go-down-to-the-store order on Amazon, release for it. Uh, episode of Bardock really, really kick-started the Dragon Ball Heroes marketing insanity. Yes. So Super Saiyan Bardock. And right. it gets to the point where basically everybody gets yellow hair and then red hair and then blue hair, etc. Scars and masks and cracked masks and whatever. So Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission. Uh, anyone reading the Dragon Ball Super manga by Toyotaro? It's published in V-Jump. Uh, Viz is serializing it for free on their website each month. Uh, this is where Toyball, I'm sorry, Toyotaro got his start. Does anyone remember the old Dragon Ball AF fan manga series that were created in Japan? We've had a few. We had one created by Toyball. We had uh, a separate one created by Young Gigi. Uh, Toyotaro got his start working on fan manga, and there's a little bit of a discrepancy in the story of how he truly got started professionally. We have a a quote recently of how he approached Shueisha with his story. It seems clear that they were looking at the fan manga scene and said, hey, you're doing cool stuff. Would you like to come work for us? Oh, by the way, please change your name so we're not advocating for intellectual property (laughs) issues here. So Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, this ran in V-Jump for a long time. So again, think about episode of Bardock was 2011. Uh, Victory Mission gets going in uh, very late 2012 in V-Jump. The first chapter is two pages. Beat is uh, 
the hero male cyan avatar character, he shows up and he does a fight against Janemba Baby on the next page. Yes, that is Janemba from Movie 12 Infected with Baby from Dragon Ball GT. This is the stuff Dragon Ball Heroes does. It's two pages. It's not even a story. It's just the setup for a story. Uh, the series continues. We go two pages, two pages, four pages, five pages, three pages, seven pages, and suddenly it expands to the mind-numbing 15-page range as it gets going. Victory Mission is fascinating because it's two pages in the back. Like they, yeah, when it started, it, it's so far in the back they didn't there we go. think anyone would care about it. It somehow magically turns in to a real earnest series. Somewhere around chapter 10, a little bit, and then around chapter 16 for sure. Uh, our most recent podcast episode on our site, uh, we talked with a good friend, Ian, who's been following the series for a little bit as well. It was all about this series, so I would definitely recommend checking out that episode. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler. I mean, the series is not released in English. You really have no way to go read it, so spoilers for... You know, a few years old series that you can't read anyway. Uh, Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission is the real Dragon Ball AF. Uh, it is a post-GT world in the real world. It is amazing. It is fascinating. Uh, and then they ran up against the release of things like Battle of Gods and Resurrection F. It's like, oh God, what do we do with this? We're, we're still going with Dragon Ball GT material. So let's tell you what happened to Toyotaro and his manga. Uh, it was announced after its 28th chapter that Victory Mission was going on hiatus for a little bit. Uh, and then the very next issue, they announced that Toyotaro would be working on something new. And that was going to be an introductory manga adaptation of Resurrection F, which wasn't out yet at that time. So this ran in the February to April 2015 issues or months of V-Jump. So it ran right up to the release of the movie itself. And over these three chapters, we basically get up to the fight against Frieza as it's getting going, so we don't get any of the transformations. Nope. But it really felt like, all right, take a break. We need to promote this movie, get going with this. Then everything fell apart, but we'll talk about that <laughs> in a little bit. But uh, going back to the Dragon Ball Super manga, you, you may notice that there was no Resurrection F arc in the manga. This is actually why. Uh, earlier that same year, in that same magazine, he told half the story of that movie. So the readers of V-Jump would have just read it already. Uh, and unfortunately, that doesn't affect anyone else worldwide because we weren't getting any of that stuff. Uh, so it's a little unfortunate that the Dragon Ball Super manga doesn't live as a complete product for that purpose, but this is at least the explanation why. And Toyotaro takes those opportunities, the, the in-between pages, you probably see the fun little illustrations he does. They're in the collected edition. You need odd, even pages. So, you know, you finish a chapter, you've got an extra page. He does a little doodle uh, in between those pages. I hate taking snipes at <laughs> official companies, but Viz, unfortunately, really, really messed up the explanation, which is in the Dragon Ball Super manga for this. And is it Sorbet himself? He's kneeling down on the ground. He's so dejected. Uh, and in Japanese, he says they skipped us or they skipped by our arc. Uh, and unfortunately in the Viz release, he says we were flown down here or I was flown down here. Can you explain what this mistake was? Uh, well, so the, the Japanese is tobasareta, which is, it can mean uh, to something to be jumped over or skipped over. Uh, tobu can also mean to fly. 
Uh, so I suppose if you have a zero context line in front of you, you might interpret it that way, but you would have to have like zero knowledge of the series as well. So I don't know if they just pawned that off to somebody other than the person who was yeah. actively translating the series or what. Yeah. I don't know. Just one of those examples that truly highlights, oh, you're missing the context. Now you're really missing the context because the company, oh, unfortunately, didn't quite nail that. So Resurrection F, the introductory manga comes out, the movie itself comes out, and it would make sense. All right, Toyotaro, go back from your hiatus. Work on Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission. Anyone remember what happened around spring 2015? A little thing called Dragon Ball Super was announced to start in a couple months. <laughs> That's normally not how that happens. <laughs> we got a press release. We didn't have a logo. We didn't really have a story. We didn't have anything to show for the fact that a new series. We had like 10 seconds of footage that was like brief clips, and some of it was never even used in no, the series. It was uh, it was clear that it was made expressly for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Toyotaro gets thrown on another project in the meantime, and that is the Dragon Ball Super manga. So just like we had about a month or two in between Victory Mission and Resurrection F, this finishes, Dragon Ball Super starting, they're going, oh my God, we have no show, we need to promote this show, we need to do something to promote the fact that we have Dragon Ball Super starting do a Dragon Ball Super manga. And so within a couple months, Dragon Ball Super manga starts. He has been doing that ever since. So poor Victory Mission has been left out to dry. It did get one very anticlimactic uh, ending chapter. There was a, an, a guidebook released for the fifth anniversary of Dragon Ball Heroes. He did get a chance to do chapter 29. Golden Great Ape Broly rips through the fabric of space and time, and everyone may or may not be dead, but we're fighting the good fight to the end and that's how victory mission ends for now so unfortunately how Ouch. we left it <laughs> yeah, right uh so speaking of dragon ball heroes coming back to it uh this is a little magazine called psycho jump and we just recently got the demographics for this magazine this magazine is for second graders i have a near complete collection it is the size of I don't know. There's a weapons check downstairs. This probably should have gone through it. Uh, you could really hurt someone with this magazine. Uh, my shelves have collapsed. Not from this, from the video game magazines, but I'm pretty sure this one's next. Psycho Jump is really made for the youngest of the youngest audiences. Uh, it was Shueisha's attempt to indoctrinate a whole new generation of fans. So they have uh, different authors come in and do different series. So uh, the aforementioned Naho Oishi, she has a series called Dragon Ball SD that runs in Psycho Jump. And it's real chibi characters of Dragon Ball. Unfortunately, now she's basically telling the story panel for panel. When she gets a chance to do her own thing, it's fantastic. So we have a Dragon Ball GT anime comic. Yes, there is a manga for Dragon Ball GT except it's only the evil dragon arc. And unfortunately, the magazine went bi-monthly in the meantime. It is still going in the evil dragon arc as of this most recent issue. We think there's only one more chapter to come out and then it'll finally be done. Uh, yes. so but it Dragon started, Ball GT, yeah. Dragon Ball Heroes, what's yeah. the connection? Well, so Dragon Ball Heroes started its galaxy mission arc and then it went on to its evil dragons arc, both of which heavily incorporated material from Dragon Ball GT. And that the Evil Dragons arc was just starting uh, in arcades when they started doing this promotional manga. And I would assume that they anticipated it would take maybe a year, 18 months to get through 
the entirety of that arc, which would correspond to roughly amount of the, the amount of time that they would be doing that in arcades, right. if the magazine were running monthly. And then a few issues in, they decided, well, uh, I guess it's not selling well enough. They're going to do it every other month. So it's continued moving on, and Dragon Ball Heroes is well past all of that material. But I guess they feel a duty to just keep running it. And after all, it's just screenshots with text over top of it. So it's not too hard to put together month after month. My theory is there's just a lone underpaid salary man sitting in the corner that just puts together the GT anime comic every other month. No one told him to stop. It's like office space. He's downstairs. They took his stapler away, but they didn't take his GT DVDs away, so he's still putting it together every other month. Uh, and it's finally, finally going to be done. Uh, I'm very excited to finally be done with Dragon Ball GT anime comic. Psycho Jump serializes so much Dragon Ball stuff, though. There's, I think, five-ish Dragon Ball manga running in it right now. This one has been over for a while. Anyone play Dragon Ball Fusions on 3DS? It was my... <sighs> I'm very close to saying it's my favorite Dragon Ball game. I played through it in Japanese. He's the one who can speak Japanese, not me. Played through it in Japanese, immediately replayed through it in English, and I just wrapped up another playthrough in Japanese for some other projects we're doing. I adored that game. And so they announced that it was going to be getting a manga adaptation as well. We recently did a, a couple podcast episodes about this. Dragon Ball Fusions, uh, it started in Japan with a big announcement that we're going to take your designs, your submissions for fusing a couple characters together. And this is going to be so big that we're going to include it in this special manga project. That never happened. The manga came out, but no one's designs were ever <laughs> included in there. Ultimately, they were included in the game, which was very cool, except for the fact that in the international edition, they were unlockable through QR codes. Don't know if you've noticed, there's no QR code functionality in the American release of the game. So they've been relegated to Japanese releases, unfortunately. The manga series ran for uh, about a couple years there in Psycho Jump. 13 chapters, got some bonus material along the way. It roughly follows the, the, the plot of the game. Selza shows up a little earlier than he did over in the game. And that's my boy right there. That is Saibai King. That is the fusion of multiple Saibai men put together. Uh, he's an amazing character. He has maybe five lines of dialogue in the game, but I just adore him. And you can fuse him with a whole bunch of other characters and make the wackiest things in the world. Uh, and he was included in Dragon Ball Fusions, the manga, only to be killed the next page by Piccolo. So it was... <laughs> Very, very unfortunate, but we did have a chance to see him on the printed page. Uh, so that was Dragon Ball Fusions. So Super Dragon Ball Heroes Universe Mission. Is anyone watching, not that you can, but of course you can, the promotional anime for Super Dragon Ball Heroes right now? Uh, they're, they're releasing these episodes for free online every couple months, uh, roughly following the plot of the arcade game right now. There's a longer story there about how Bandai approached Shueisha and Toei in roughly 2008 and said, we'd love to do a new show. And Toriyama said, absolutely, I am not doing a new show. All right, what do we do instead? So uh, Toriyama's editor, Kazuhiko Torishima, said, why don't you just cut up the old show and put that on TV? And that's how we got Dragon Ball Kai instead. Uh, so this kind of feels like the consolation prize for Bandai Namco all these years later. They get a promotional anime. It also kind of feels like the consolation prize for Tadayoshi Yamamuro, who is now no longer 
the main character designer for Dragon Ball Heroes. That's true. You want to do a Dragon brief, Ball Super, rather. You do a brief uh, aside on that. Yes. So y'all saw Battle of Gods, saw Resurrection F, saw the Dragon Ball Super TV series. There are people in charge of all aspects of the production. There's uh, one man in particular. His name is Tadayoshi Yamamuro. He was the third uh, character designer, animation supervisor during the course of the original Dragon Ball Z TV series. Uh, Worked on all the movies. He's been in charge of the animation for Dragon Ball. Like, the anime look of Dragon Ball. That is Yamamuro for all these years. Well, that ended (laughs) recently. You see Dragon Ball Super Broly? See how very, very different that film looks. And in many ways, it looks like the 90s again. Uh, Yamamuro was probably asked and or not told, you will not be working on this film. They held open auditions for a new animation director. Uh, And so now Hiro Shintani took it over. Julian Yamamuro's consolation prize is He gets to work on this, yep. Uh, (laughs) Not the manga. But but the, the, the TV show. So, um, branching off from that, we have this uh, comic book adaptation of the same arc, which is not consistent with the animation. The manga is different from the promo promo anime, which is different from the arcade game. So you have, like, three versions of the story all existing out there. But uh, if you're playing World Mission right now, uh, if you've been following along with the promo anime, you may have seen Cumber. Uh, Hearts most recently showed up, played by Takehito Koyasu. So excited to finally have him uh, in Dragon Ball. And now we have uh, another new character called Lags. It's an anagram of glass. She fights with glass. A little on the nose there. but uh, So this is the, the manga that's telling that story. Uh, and this is serialized in Psycho Jump. This is the most recent thing. Well, one of the most recent things that's been going on. Uh, this is done by Yoshitaka Nagayama, who started... What's a charisma? <laughs> I guess let's start there. Oh, okay, so that's like a young up-and-comer. Like and us, right? Uh, sure. All right. Um, and this is now also the name that they give for these, uh, what they also call battle navigators, who are these real-life uh, mascot characters who guide kids through the through the rigors of uh, Dragon Ball Heroes, the card game. And they were turned into comic book characters for Charisma Mission, which became Super Charisma Mission, which is basically these mascot characters engaging in silly hijinks and inca- occasionally also playing the game right. because it's a promo comic. Yeah. And he, he got yeah. his own series following that. I mean, he was doing that for a little bit. I uh, got a preview chapter in, I want to say, like 2013. Uh, Charisma Mission turned into a brief little series. That's still going. And then he started doing uh, Super Dragon Ball Heroes Dark Demon Realm Mission. And so that was the story of Time Patrol Trunks, uh, Kronoa, the Kaioshin of Time, uh, them going on those missions. I think we got Vegex uh, during that as well, Fusion of Vegeta and Trunks, who somehow wasn't in Dragon Ball Fusions. I don't quite get how they came up with their own fusion and he wasn't in Dragon Ball Fusions. Uh, I think all the villains have Dragon Balls stuck inside them and they're evil again. It's insanity. Uh, Dark Demon Realm Mission wrapped up after 10. He got a bonus chapter, 11 chapters. And then he moved on to doing Universe Mission, which has been running briefly for a little bit. And then, as of the most recent issue, they said, well, you know what? Why don't you go back to doing Dark Demon Realm Mission in addition (laughs) to doing Universe Mission? So this poor guy is doing uh, two concurrent manga series. It's a bi-monthly magazine, so I don't know what that workload is really like for him. But uh, it's a lot of work for him to be doing that uh, universe mission again not available in English but it might be if you look on the not so dark corners of the internet 
We're going to wrap up with, this is the worst thing that's ever been published with Dragon Ball's name on it. <laughs> this is Despo Fighters. So Dragon Ball Fighters, amazing video game, uh, represents the Dragon Ball style like nothing ever before. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow the news with uh, fighting game tournaments real closely as it relates to Dragon Ball, but there was a big hubbub a few months ago about how Bandai Namco was apparently shutting down some fan tournaments that were running Dragon Ball Fighters. And meanwhile, Bandai Namco is publishing a manga series about how Dragon Ball Fighters is an eSport. Doesn't quite line up. So no, <laughs> not, not much corporate synergy there. Despo has been running for a few months. This is bad. Yeah, it's we we've got a readership of one that we know of, which is uh, Ian Cipher back in Japan, who who's got the dubious honor of of reading through and and summarizing this. I don't know how to summarize this. I, I salute him. The artwork took the biggest downturn from one chapter to the next over a span of about three issues. It barely looks like anything anymore. And unfortunately, this is the guy who did Dragon Ball Fusions, the manga. This is his follow-up. It's really unfortunate. Fusions manga really, really felt like a, a cool little story. And then, well, now go do this. And this is going to die real soon. I can't imagine this is going to last much longer. You can tell his heart's not in it. Yeah. Come take a look at it after. We have one last thing that we want to share with you. Uh, it's not a manga series. Anyone remember this? Dragon Ball Online. So this was a multi-MMORPG. I won't do the full acronym. Ran from 2010 to 2013 uh, in Korea. Got a release in Taiwan. I think it went out to a couple other places as well. Uh, they had years of pre-production on this game. And I really felt they were promoting it in V-Jump, which is... A Japanese manga, or yeah, magazine. Uh, they never ended up getting it in Japan. They did so much work. Toriyama himself oversaw an, an immense amount of work for Dragon Ball Online. They developed this incredible history for the series. It takes place starting, I believe, in age 1000, uh, which think about when Dragon Ball ends is 776, something like that. So we have a, a long period of time. Uh, this is the first guidebook released in Korea for Dragon Ball Online. This came out in August 2010. We have that full timeline of all those years in between. So we get to hear and see what all these characters have been up to over that time. Uh, these are the designs for, for characters like Mira that would show up in later stuff like Dragon Ball Heroes, Dragon Ball's Universe. This is where all that stuff came from. Uh, there was the idea of a Kaioshin of time came from Dragon Ball Online. Time Patrol Trunks came from Dragon Ball Online. Uh, Dragon Ball Online granted us amazing things like Cell X, which is this giant bug-like creature who absolutely would never show up again in anything Dragon Ball. That's Super Dragon Ball Heroes right there. So Cell X is back as of World Mission and some of the recent arcade games. Uh, so they're still mining Dragon Ball Online. Think about all the stuff that went into developing this MMO that ran for, for several years. Uh, all that pre-production work, designs, ideas for characters. They're still going back to it and they're still working on it uh, now. And uh, luckily, I was able to get that Korean guidebook. Our friend Jake has the Taiwanese guidebook, 
which has designs for uh, anyone who plays Universe 2 out here. Uh, the character Few, who showed up recently, uh, he was originally developed for Dragon Ball Online, never showed up in Dragon Ball Online. He was actually developed as a baby for Dragon Ball Online, and they redeveloped him into this kind of adult character. Um, Kape Yamaguchi actually plays him yeah. these days. So we're finally getting all these voice actors who never had a chance uh, during Dragon Ball's heyday to kind of come in and, and play some of these characters. Dragon Ball Online, still going. Uh, not quite dead in 2013. We're going to wrap there because we can see what time it is. Uh, we would love to take any questions that you have. And while we're breaking up to uh, take a look at some of this material as well, uh, we've seen it all. We've heard it all. So if you have any questions about Dragon Ball's production story, yeah. Thank you to the staff of uh, Castle Point and May Convention, most particular the folks who found a table for us to set up on. Uh, tables were in short supply there at the convention. We definitely appreciated uh, having a table to put everything on top of and sit at to conduct the panel. Uh, good times. What else we got coming for you? Well, in the podcast feed specifically, what the plan is, is while well, we did a Dragon Ball panel, and then Julian and I did a panel about podcasting itself. Uh, it's not really about Dragon Ball, but I really have nowhere else to put it so i figure i'm just gonna dump it in the podcast feed as a bonus episode if you want to listen to it if you think it's interesting uh, you can kind of hear what julian and i think about uh what goes into a show what we think makes a good show you get that uh, inside baseball on it uh, so if you're a podcast subscriber if you actually subscribe to the podcast, which is something we talk about during the panel. Uh, you will automatically get that in your feed and you can enjoy it hopefully later this week. Other than that, www.kanzenshuu.com. That is kanzenshu.com. I have been Mike. Uh, thank you to Julian for coming on down to the panel. Thanks again to Castle Point Anime Convention for having us. We will see you next time. Thank you much. Have a great week. See ya.